0: Hello, happy Wednesday evening, Penguins fans. July twentieth, we get closer to the month of August, or someone likes to say, you know, the dog days of summer are almost upon us. For today's show, I'm going to go into a potential left winger option for Evgeny Malkin, since I have been told that that's what the team is looking to potentially do to make the forward group a bit deeper. Also, talk about a potential—I shouldn't say potential, but you know—the thought of maybe a homecoming with a certain player who. Um, is a free agent still? I'm not really sure when he's going to sign, but he, he is out there, and he was asked in jo- about it in Josh O's mailbag, so I'm going to get into that and um, a couple of other things, especially the whole Matthew Tkachuk Because I know I did a segment last night saying uh, how it would be very unlikely for the Penguins uh, to get him, but you know I'm going to go into you know just the teams that I think make sense for him, and you know just the, I think the parts that I would be willing to part. Uh, if the Penguins were to somehow uh, be interested. So a little bit different from the segment I ran on my Tuesday episode. So that's all coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. You can also follow me, follow the show's Twitter, at LO, Arsenal Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So a couple of things before I really get into the meat of this show. Um, First off, I apologize to everyone when I mispronounced Ryan Paling's name. There it is. Um, I've been doing this show for almost three years now it is not often I mispronounce someone's last name. And believe me, you know, I've, I've had my last name mispronounced way too many times. You know, Hooties, Hotties, Huddies. Uh, you know, I, I feel really bad um, that I did that. It's embarrassing that I honestly mispronounced Ryan Palings' last name. But, you know, thanks to a few the listeners who commented on the YouTube channel and, of course, to Ryan Mill, who gave out all the pronunciations for the new Penguin players that have been acquired um, over the last week or two weeks? Um, it is Ryan Paling. Um, wanted to get that out of the way. I feel really bad, Brian. If you ever listen to this podcast, um, I will never butcher your name again. So it's my fault. I'm um, not saying that's the first name I butchered since I somehow mispronounced Louis Demay's name. No, I'm. If I'm de- for those that were not listening, I believe this was like last September. Um, I said his last name. So it was like a, I think I said like domain or something and I'm like, yeah, that that's, that's not right. So, um, again, very rare that I do that, but want to take a, a couple minutes here to apologize um, for that. Also want to say if anyone is going to be at the Penguins Toronto Maple Leafs game on November 15th of this year, um, I will be there. Um, this will be uh, the first time I think I'll be at PPG. Um, since I really started this podcast, to be honest. I mean, you know, it, I think last time I was there, I think I was maybe two to three months into doing the show. Um, so I, you know, it wasn't really well known yet, but um, this is really, you know, basically the first time that when the show's a lot bigger now that I will be back in Pittsburgh for a game. So if you are thinking of going to that game, let me know, you can meet up, you know, just talk penguins and all that stuff. I'd love to meet as many listeners as I can you know, as long as I do the show. I'm also, I believe I'm going to be going to the game on March 11th against the Flyers at PPG. Um, shout out to you, Ricky. Um, you know, I think I'm going to be going with him, a longtime listener of the show. Um, I'm very excited to do that. So, Ricky, if you, I'm sure you're going to listen to this episode. Um, you know, definitely excited to go with you um, for that game. So I wanted to get those couple of things out of the way before I get into the meat of this episode. But, okay, let's get into the first topic here. And that is, you know, that, other that potential left winger for Evgeny Malkin. I guess the St. Louis Blues might be making some big changes here. For those that don't know, you know, they've been heavily linked to Matthew Kachuk, um, Jeremy Rutherford, and um Haley Salvin of the Athletic today. You know, they both reported that it's looking likely that Kachuk is gonna get dealt. Um, I think JP uh, Rutherford, that is, um, and Haley. They they both listed seven teams that you know he would like to be traded to or sign an extension with. Um, believe a few of them, obviously St. Louis. Florida, Las Vegas, Dallas, Nashville, um, I think a couple others, um, basically, you know, teams that, you know, they're in states with no income tax for the blues, you know, that that's a homecoming there. And I think they have the pieces to do it. They can get up like a first in their second round pick, Jordan Cairo, maybe, um, you know, maybe Tori Krug, Marco Scandela, um, maybe, maybe, maybe Vladimir Tarasenko, but I don't really know if he would go back in that deal but you know that 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 is the player that i would kind of be looking at here if i were the penguins if you actually want to make a big splash and yes i know what his cap hit is for this one year 7.5 million you would have to be dumping out a lot of salary just to bring him in right now the penguins i believe they have one to two million in cap space so you know i think you know someone like marcus peterson would have to be going out you know maybe brock mcginn um, I mean, maybe Jason Zucker or something like that. You know, they they would have to move one of those four to five million dollar contracts and then create cap, a, a little bit more cap room and a potential other salary dump. Um, but you know, t- teams, you know, Nathan angle get the cap all the freaking time. So, you know, I, I think he is definitely within. I, I mean, he's more in their asking price range than someone like, you know, Kachuk is and. You know, going into this season, he he was still a very good player, 85th percentile in wins about replacement per Jay Precious model, 90th percentile in finishing, um, 70, 72nd percentile in power play, um, even strength offense about 50-50, but it, it went up a lot this year, quality of teammate, 95, 95 percentile, um, is able to draw a lot of penalties, which is also great. And then, you know, this year he had one heck um, of a season. You know, he he didn't really play that much last year. Comes back this year, 34 points, uh, 34 34 goals, 82 points in 75 games. And, you know, you wouldn't know if he he asked for a trade last year. You know, the Blues, they got pretty lucky that Tarasenko came back and played like this because, you know, remember, he was exposed in the expansion draft last summer in Seattle. They – easily could have taken um, a flyer on him. But, you know, Ron, Ron Francis kind of um, screwed that up. And, you know, the, the Blues, that they said, thank you very much. We'll keep him. Um, and, you know, he was great. You know, played in 75 games year before that. He only played 34 games in the last two seasons combined before this one. That's how banged up he had been. But, you know, usually when he's healthy, he's one of the top five, ten best pure goal scorers, I think, in this league, the underlying numbers this year, you know, when he was on the ice, the Blues only had 46% of the swinging chances. It's a little bit down from where he was, you know, even in 2019-20, but 55% of the actual goals score for St. Louis, um, you know, 46% of the swinging chances. I, you know, he's never really been um, that good defensively, but, um, you know, high-danger goals for 57% of those, high-danger chances though for 45%. So those numbers – aren't super good, but, you know, I feel like he would be a very good fit on Evgeny Malkin's line. You know, we, it, it would also finally end, you know, that that Russian for Gino kind of thing. Remember back in the day, I'm sure some of, you, some of you all remember this, the Penguins were going after, I believe it was like Nikolai Kuliman. That's a throwback name, I'm sure, for some of you all. Um, and everyone just kept saying, Russian winger for Gino, Russian winger for Gino. this is the one. And then he ended up, it ended up not happening. I think something fell through with that Uh, and so that that, that this would finally bring an end you know to that kind of talk but you know it it would also just you know it would make the team you know more of a contender but it would also strengthen you know Malkin's line it would probably give him arguably the best winger he's ever played with Um, you know James Neal was awesome for a couple years actually no this probably would be the best winger that he's ever played with now that I think about it for like five seconds Uh, James Neal was great for a couple years scored 40 goals on his line Uh, but this is Vladimir Tarasenko here for god's sake um, I mean, he is a very, very good player, um, and you know if you you think about a top six of Jake Ensel, Sidney Crosby, Brian Russ, Vladimir Tarasenko, Evgeny Malkin, and Ricard Raquel, and you potentially if Zucker is still there, he slide down to the third line with Jeff Carter um, and someone else. But if he's not, you know you, you still can, you know you can still, I guess have options in your bottom six you know even if zilker is not there maybe you could still sign someone if you have a little bit more cap room left over even though again <clears throat> you know it is 7.5 million but also which is nice you could potentially ask st louis to retain a little bit of that salary you know say you know they want to retain 50 percent of that um <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> that's what 3.75 yeah 3.75 so you know the penguins you know they can make that work um at least a little bit, you know. Maybe Saint Louis doesn't retain fifty, but maybe it's like thirty-three percent, and you know the number goes down to 5.5, six or something. You know that that would also help the Penguins a lot. And you know, say Zulker is um, so on the team, you can bump him down to the third line, um, and <clears throat> in an instant, the team becomes even deeper. So yeah, the bottom six still needs some work. But <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> if you can get that pure top six sniper to put with Evgeny Malkin and Ricard Raquel. Man, all of a sudden that team starts starts looking a lot different. And, you know, I think Teresoku. I think that trade request is still up. Um, I don't think he's rescinded it. Um, at least from what I've been able to gauge on it, and from what I've been able to read from Jeremy Rutherford. I think from the Athletic, who does a great job covering the St. Louis Blues. Um, I think that is still out there. So you know, that's an option that I think could definitely work for the Penguins. You know, I think they would have the more. They would definitely have the assets to maybe do this one. Other than over someone like Matthew Gachuk, even though you know I would move um, <clears throat> almost anyone on this team to get him, even though the Penguins, obviously, they're not going to do that. You know, that's just, that's not how Ron Hextall is going to operate here. But, you know, I was bought to, you know, the attention of Terasenko by one of my mutuals. And, you know, the more I looked into it, uh, the more it did make sense. It can also put him on a power play, um, say if one of the big guns gets hurt, or maybe if Brian Rust wants um, to come off the top unit. Say you have a p- power play of Tarasenko, Malkin, Crosby, Latang, and Gensel. Whoo! Good luck to anyone stopping that. Seriously. I mean, that is – that's beautiful right there. And, and again, and I do think his underlying numbers would go up big time with that kind of acquisition. So that wraps up this first segment of today's episode. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into – um, a potential hometown, well, potential homecoming, and if that would work, would I be a fan of the Penguins going after this player? After seeing it, and Josh always mailbag, and then we'll get to a, a couple other things to end the show. But before I get to that, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games you can find reviews and news of every league including the mlb nfl nba nhl combat sports esports even golf it continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game bending scores and podcasts they all have you covered you head to the website today or to use your phone to learn more about the trends in action That is has been online where the game starts all right i'm back here on this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i am your host Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at lo underscore penguins. <clears throat> I don't know what <clears throat> is going on. I don't know why this cough is just killing me. So early today, I was reading Josh O's Mailbag, and for those that did not read it, you know, go check it out. Some good info in there. And um, you know, my scoop was verified at least by him. I, he was not obviously the person that told me that the Penguins uh, included Marcus Pedersen in the original offer for Jeff Petrie, but he had also heard the same thing. So. Check mark for me on that one. I will gladly take the W um, with that. So you know, I like to gas myself up a little bit uh, sometimes. Even though, again, I'm not, I'm not Elliot Freeman over here. I'm I'm not breaking trades left and right. You know, when I hear something from someone that I very much trust, that I know is around the team a lot more than me, um, I pass it along because you know this person has never failed me in the past. Now, let's get to this player. That was talked about in Joshua's mailbag. And it was the man, the myth, the legend, Phil the Thrill Kessel. Someone asked Mr. Yewe, "What are, are the Penguins going to bring him back? And you know he had a funny answer about it, if I can load it up here <coughs> um, on the mailbag. Nope, that is not what I want because that was about uh, Matthew Kachuk. And I'm trying to find this here. No, no. Everyone's asking about JT Miller. Um, yeah, there it is. Um, Josh basically asks, you know, does Phil have anything left in the tank? You know, I saw him play twice in person, and I thought he looked awful. Physically speaking, his shots has lost a lot of velocity. He's also an average skater now. That burst that made him unique is a thing of the past. And um, and then he was asked, you know, will the Penguins Sun Kessel? And Josh goes, I would love to tell you yes. Um, you know, under no circumstances though do I see this happening. Um, he is a right wing. The Penguins already have Rustin O'Kell. Do you see Kessel fit, fitting into a third line? And before anyone says the HBK line worked, yeah, I know it did, but that he doesn't also have Nick Benino and Carl Hagelin on this team. He'll be saddled right next to um, <coughs> Jeff Carver. Um, and I'm not really sure how Mike Selman would feel about that, considering you know there's all these rumors that him and uh, Kessel do not really have um, the best of relationships. But, you know, you, you look at the underlying numbers. This past season, you go on natural stat trick, you know, 5v5, 5 goals, um, 33 points at even strength. And, you know, only 5 even strength goals in 82 games. Like, that's just, that's not Phil. Um, you know, this is, you know, two of his last three seasons that he's uh, scored under 10 goals at 5v5. The underlying numbers this year, when he was on the ice, the Coyotes only had 44%. Um, of the sh- of the shot attempts. Um, this is now the fourth straight season in five of his last six that he's been under 50% in terms of course the um, goals for percentage, 42%, that's one of the worst marks of his career, only 42% of the scoring chances at even strength, 41% of the high-danger chances, and then only 43% of the high-danger actual goals for. Yeah, I know the numbers aren't that good, but you know, even going back to his last year in Pittsburgh, he was definitely starting to fall off a little bit and you know i I know jim rutherford did not do a lot of good towards the end of his tenure with the penguins but you know i do think he picked the right time to trade phil because um you know that decline came really steep for him you know sure could you get him for i guess a cheap deal on the open market yeah and and, you know he is basically a folk hero in this city i think a lot of fans would love to see him come back just because of what he did you know the history and all that stuff but, you know, in terms of how he is as a hockey player at this point, um, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, he, he's just – he's kind of hes kind of washed at this point. He's not all the way there yet, but you, you can definitely see that, you know, the, the decline is is in full motion with Kessel. And, you know, I'm not really sure how much of a fan he'd be playing on the third or fourth line with the Penguins. I think he wants to go somewhere where, um, you know, he can be on someone's second line. I think Jeff Merrick on – um, the last thirty-two thoughts episode was talking about how he could see the Predators potentially signing him, and I think that would make sense. You know, Nashville—they're not um, super deep at forward, but you know, I think that he could potentially play on their second line or something like that. Um, but again, you know, it would be fun—you know—to get some of the band a little bit back together. But in terms of you know, do I think this this makes the Penguins a bit better of a team with him on the ice? Um, I, I I don't see it. Now, his defensive game has, has always been bad. It's gotten way worse um, as he's gotten older. And anyway, again, you know, when he's, you know, not scoring at this point, he's not really doing too much. You know, he's always been an underrated playmaker, but even, you know, that part of his game has declined. You know, only 28 even strength assists, you know, last season in Arizona. Um, you know, sure he'll want to go to a contender, but you know, with the penguins basically loaded up on their right wings on the top two lines. Sorry about that. I had to take this in my water. My mouth is going dry. You know, with the Penguins loaded up with Russ and Raquel on their top two lines, and I'm sure Caspari Captain is going to come back. um, You know, I just don't really see the fit there for me, at least. Again, it'll be awesome, be fun. Especially just, you know, the the fan in me, of course, since I I loved watching him, you know, back when I was a senior in high school and, you know, freshman, sophomore in college, all that stuff. But, you you know, the, 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 objective analyst in me says no move on you can try to find someone else that you know i think can score a little bit more um for my liking so that wraps up the short little second segment for today's show. again coming up in the third segment we're going to get into um some more about matthew kachuk and you know where, where i think this is going to end up and you know if i, I was able to think about it over i you know what i would potentially move if i were the penguins um, and I were looking in to him. So it's all coming up right after this commercial break. All right. I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. you follow me on Twitter Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Square Penguins. So, you know, I, I, I think that this is going to be, you know, quite, quite the circus the, in these next few days, week two weeks. Um, you know, Kachuk, this is this is the next dominant at all. Fall, and I feel so bad for Flames fans. You know, for everyone that listens to the show, you know, I don't I don't you know I don't talk a lot about the Flames, obviously. Um, if you want to learn more about the Flames, go check out Jess Belmasto of Locked on Flames. She does an excellent job um talking about that team on a daily basis. Um, and you know, the funny thing is, she doesn't even root for that team, yet she still knows them um, you know, a hell of a lot better than I do. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Um, <clears throat> but you know, they're gonna be losing 2 100 10-point players, it looks like during this offseason. That's just it's terrible. Um, and you know, for Kachuk, you know, it it makes all the sense in the world for him to go home to St. Louis. Um, but you know, if if the penguins were to get involved somehow, some way, and yes, as I said on my Tuesday episode, would he be a great fit here? Duh. Abso freaking literally is the Pope Catholic here, people, for those that you know, for the for those that are uh, Catholics that listen to my show, I mean, I'm Jewish, but you know that's a whole different story here. Anyways, I don't know why I got sidetracked. Um, But yes, duh. <laughs> you know, he 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 has everything that the Penguins would want in a top six winger: the size, the tenacity, the physicalness, the goal scoring, the playmaking, the defensive play, everything you want in a top six winger. He brings to your team and then some. He had over a hundred points last season. Could you imagine seeing him and Tom Wilson going at it? Penguins caps games. Whew. That would be something else. And in terms of what I would give up if I were the Penguins, you know, they are not going to do this. And I totally get that. And I'm not, you know, I would give up anyone that is not named Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang. Everyone else would be on the table in that trade for Matthew Koshock. Dead serious. Man, maybe, oh, well, maybe Tristan Jari, you know, because there's no goaltenders available right now. So I would put Tristan Jari on there. I'll, I'll, other than, that, than those five players, anyone <clears throat> is on the table. Maybe Jeff Petrie since you just acquired him, but, you know, I am not want to say splitting hairs at that point. Anyone basically should be on the table outside of those four to five core players. Players. He is that good. He's a difference maker. He would push the Penguins over the top. He would be just an absolute blast to watch. Could you imagine him on the line with Evgeny Malkin and Ricardo Raquel or up top with Jake Ensel and Sid? I mean, good Lord. I mean, it's just good luck stopping the Penguins with that. And yeah, will the Penguins inquire about Kachuk? Absolutely. If if you are a team out there and you are not calling Bradshaw Living's phone to at least ask what the price is, you should not be a general manager. That's how I feel about it. I mean, Ron Hextall, I'm sure he gave him a call and said, Hey, you know, we're not fully interested, but you know, what's the price for him? You no, know, maybe he gave, they gave him the price. He's like, okay, thank you. We're not interested and hung up, but you know, at least you're asking around to hear about it and, 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 you know, and to see, you know, if it's somehow in your wheelhouse, even though it's probably not, um, but, you know, I think the Penguins, they should at least try, to, if they haven't already, to inquire with that. Um, so, again, you know, maybe it's, I don't know, your first or second round pick. I hate saying this. Brian Rust and, like, you know, one of your goaltending prospects or even Owen Pickering. You know, it's probably worth it because of Kachuk himself. And you know, I know you just signed Brian Rust to an extension, but know it's it's matthew freaking kachak here man i mean he is that freaking good and you know there's always the possibility that you know a team like calgary they could bungle that trade i mean you know the jack eichel trade Sure, buffalo got alex tuck and peyton Krebs, who i think could be decent players but you know they're not jack eichel i mean alex tabernica just went from chicago to ottawa and they got what the number seven overall pick and, like, that's okay. I mean, you know, you're not really – that pick is still basically you – know, I know, you know, outside of, I guess, you know, the top three to four picks, you know, <clears throat> everything after that is almost like an unknown for me. So, you, you know, you're basically just trading some magic beans, you know, for a really freaking good player uh, in Brinkit. So, you know, these the star trades tend to get bungled all the time. But, you know, I can definitely see St. Louis in it. Nashville does make sense if they want a, a bona fide – top line winger Dallas pairing him with Jason Robertson and Rupe Hins would be nasty. Ooh, man. I, I was just thinking about that. You know, that's again, that's just, you know, the old guys get old with Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, but then the, the young guys, you know, they, they keep stepping up and this is the, and this the Kachuk, you know, he's 23, 24 in the prime of his career. I mean, just think about that, man. I mean, I would absolutely love if the Penguins could somehow, get their hands on him. And again, you know, I know it's not going to happen, but, uh, you know, four to five players I would keep. Anyone else, I think, for me, um, would be on the table. Um, last thing real quickly. I have been getting some texts from some of my buddies, and I want to talk about this on the show. I, you, know, you know, people are trying to argue that, you know, M- Matheson was just as good as Jeff Petrie or he's a bit better. I don't know what people are watching but Jeff Petrie is a better player than Mike Matheson. Petrie had 21 points in his final 30 games with Marty St. Louis. He was a legitimately great player last year. Matheson had a great year, but again, these people that you, my friends that keep texting me, you don't know if he's going to continue to play like that on a much worse team. Montreal is going to probably be a lottery team again next year. Penguins. They're still a bona fide playoff team. Maybe they're not a contender right now, but they are still very much a playoff freaking team. Um, and he's going to be playing on a pairing, it looks like right now, with Marcus Harrison, someone who is very defensively responsible. And he's also probably going to get a lot of minutes with Evgeny Malkin, and that's going to benefit both of them. Um, you know, I, I would, you know, be more than happy to make a wager with some of these people where I would predict that Petrie gets more points next year than Matheson, despite being a hell of a lot older than him. You know, this is a legitimately great player. And the fact that the Penguins have a one-two punch of Latang to Petrie, because Petrie would be a lot of teams, you know, number two guy at least, you know, number one. You know, the fact that, you know, he's basically their number three, I would say at this point, um, total, because Dumoulin's on the top pairing, so I, I automatically give him the number two spot. Um, uh, that's just great value for the Penguins. Um, so I wanted to end the show with that. You know, again, just look at Petrie's underlyings too. You know, his finishing ability, all that good stuff. But um, I will be back with another episode for you all on Thursday. Um, it's going not gonna be from this house, so I am heading to the beach this weekend. I need a vacation. I'm heading to the beach again for a full week um next Friday. Um, it's you know, I have de- <laughs> it's I have not gone on many vacations this summer. Um, but I'm definitely excited to head to the, a couple of different beaches. Over these next couple of weeks, I, I definitely, um, you know, need, need a break or, you know, need, need a vacation, I think, is the way I'm um, to say. And I love going to the beach. So um, it's going to look a little bit different when I'm recording from a hotel room starting tomorrow and Friday. And then next um, next week, I will be recording mostly from here. And then the week after that, um, I will be at <clears throat> um, my girlfriend's mom's house because we're going down to the Outer Banks where her mom Lives and bringing them the puppies. So um, that'll do it for this episode again. Thank you all so much for listening. I'll be back on Thursday. Hope you all have a great rest of your night.